Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Are we recording? Three, two, one. We are recording. You're on. It's already going. Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Catholic Stuff Podcast. We almost had a, a normal introduction there, but you and Father Mike... Keeping it going, this making might, sure that everybody feels uncomfortable in the first 30 seconds. This might be the seconds. first podcast where I have more drinks than Father John next to me. <laughs> that is true. Not sure why you're drinking wine and bourbon. Because we opened the bottle, and instead of just letting it go to waste, I'm going to keep rocking it. That's logical. That makes sense. So This is Father John and Father Nathan here. Catholics of <laughs> Podcast. This is the top of the hour. This is Father Nathan and Father John. Coming to you live from Schloss Goebbels. Schloss Goebbels, which today had an architect walk through, and he admitted he had never seen anything like the room that we're in. Never. And his longtime career as an architect. Yeah, he he was, you could see his face just sort of like analyzing every detail in the room, and, and he was taking it all in and said, I have never, I've never seen any of this. When he walked back through with his GoPro camera, he was explaining what we were going to do, and then you saw him look up, and he goes, and we'll eventually remove the clutter from the ceiling. Yeah. I felt like kind of a zoo animal, like we had become so comfortable to, in our surroundings here, you know. Oh, yeah, we're in the Dungeons & Dragons room, but the look on his face, kind of the gaping, oh, oh my gosh, what is this I place? I just so. puked in the back of my mouth. But he had some good ideas. We had some great ideas. Yep. The, uh, the juices were flowing. Deacon and- Rex didn't have much to say, but... He, he was had, tacitly he had one. No, he had one really good comment. And he, he, he usually gives his comments after the fact. But uh, he, he said, if you remove the monstrosity that's in the middle of the kitchen, you will have done 50% of what needs to be done with this house. And that is a true statement. That's true. That is a true statement. It's this like, uh, I don't know how you describe it. The middle of the kitchen. Um, it looks like a hood from like a giant coal... Uh, oven that you'd have in a, or furnace that you'd have in a diesel engine. I was thinking of one of the one of the entry points into the other world in Stranger Things. Oh, I've never one seen of the kid, Stranger kid Things. Kid climbs yeah, into the sure. microwave and just that's it. Well, I was thinking Mario Brothers too. Like if you would just you know like jump on top of it and then press the down button, you would just go. <laughs> oh yeah, into the. Yeah. 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 If you were able to jump on top, so. Well, it was ha- we were excited to have him come through here and take a look at things, just checking things out, saying, is Father Nathan going to live in this strange place for the next... True. Actually, we should do a podcast on um, how to set up your rectory. Right. Uh, because that was actually a very good um, critique that you made about what we're trying to do here instead of just like, oh, I want, I want to renovate things, I want to freshen things up. It was more like, no, this is the reason why we're doing it. And I was like, yeah, that's the reason why we're doing it. The he actually called us visionaries today. Visionaries. And I, I like was like, that. Uh, never, never been called that before. I said, I'm, I would be the Ezekiel visionary. Yeah. I would just be stammering and not knowing how to explain myself. I'd probably be like Jeremiah in the stocks, screaming at everybody, having vegetables thrown at me. Catholic stuff <laughs> podcast. The long and the short of it was what we were talking about. Isn't that it's a good filler. I mean, like that's what they used to press. They used to press like different. Uh, you can do better, I think, to get the monkeys working. You know, the thousand monkeys in his brain. True. Some of whom got killed recently. Just kind of. Zoom, zoom. 
I, for inappropriate comments. I did have a great uh, monkey underwrite the other day because I had to give a speech at Christy Steffel, now Christy Walsh's wedding. Uh, happy uh, five-day anniversary or three-day anniversary. Yes. Christy and Steve Walsh. Um, Wonderful wedding. And I had to speak at the wedding, and uh, I said uh, something that I'd never thought about before, but it came out in the middle of my talk, which was, Dove chocolate is catnip for women. Yes, there was loud roars. Which is pretty true. Yeah, he used to put it out on his table, and Christy would come in and... Yeah, she would one. just walk in, walk into my house, take a chocolate, like banter for like maybe three minutes, and then leave. Ten priests up on the altar at that uh, at that wedding. Father Nathan uh, received the vows, and uh, the, the groom's brother... Father Rob Walsh, who I don't think listens to the podcast, but he he he'll probably is start. freaking awesome. So if there's anybody at the University of Maryland College Park, yep, I heard Col- first College Park. College Park. <laughs> College they kept Park. Po- they kept pointing at me like no, I Mark kept pointing at you. College Park, College Park. But uh, great, great priest. Very uh, had a good time with him here. We enjoyed him this weekend and uh, yes. just an amazing wedding. Too. I was robbed of my night of sleep. Yeah, because Father Rob. Uh, is a very good conversationalist and knows how to trick me into having one more drink. I've never seen anybody actually do that to you. It was there's, impressive. There's he was very, very sneaky, and he did it hour after hour after hour. True. The but, only person that's probably close to that is Jack Conroy. Jack Conroy. Jack Conroy, because he'd be like, Goble, Jordan's bar now. Yeah. He'd be like, all right. What was the thing Rob kept saying? He kept saying, all right, let's call it. Let's call it, yeah. Let me get you another whiskey. <laughs> right when Goble thought... We're going to bed. It's exactly. all over. Bam, one more. But going back to the rectory for a second, if we can digress during banter, you know, because people forget that, you know. There's some banter haters on Facebook today, but, you know, you have to remember you're actually learning as, as in the banter. So the uh, the logic behind the companion's house, the original one, which we're looking at doing something You're going to do it right now? Oh, is that the podcast? We're going to do a podcast. All right, forget it. We'll punt on well, we that for do, a little we bit. We could do it tonight. How about the Broncos game last night then, huh? Yep. Uh, shout out to Luke and Callie Spa. Callie is my hairdresser. Yep. Um, and uh, their dad, Greg Kostelecki, who uh, was very kind enough to forfeit his on-the-field passes for the opening night, Monday night football. And we got to walk in to the stadium in front of Goldberg from WWF. That's impressive. I only remember Goldberg from Mighty Ducks, but uh, I asked I asked him if he was going to spear uh, Philip Rivers, and he laughed. <laughs> and uh, Is Go- was Goldberg a Broncos fan? Uh, no, he did the pump up, pump up uh, speech to the defensive line. Uh, I don't know why they had him do it, but uh, he was there, and it was freaking sweet. And the Broncos won. Andrea Polito, enjoy your L.A. Chargers for the next year. She wrote a very. Um, very sappy text. I think she thought she was going to get killed last night because she had a Philip Rivers jersey on in a bar here in Denver watching the game. Oh, Philip Rivers is a very good Catholic man. He's a great Catholic man. I have nothing against Philip Rivers. Uh, it's just on the field. If he was wearing a Broncos jersey, I'd be totally for him. Right. But he's not wearing a Broncos jersey. So. Right. Anyways, it was a great game. We had an awesome time, and uh, the Broncos pulled it out. And Father John was very kind enough to take my morning mass and confessions because I got home at 1 a.m. And I was in this house for about four hours by myself, and it was pretty terrifying. Yep. I don't know how you live here. Yeah, you, you, you go a little crazy. 
It's like Kramer with the Kenny Rogers roasters, you know, lights going on all the time. Yeah. The other shout out is to uh, Matt Tynan, who loaned us Hubert uh, yes, for Hubert. Uh, the last couple weeks. And I drove it down both to the rehearsal dinner uh, to for Christy Steffel and uh, Christy Walsh and Stephen Walsh's uh, rehearsal dinner. And then I they said it was orange out at the Broncos game. So, like, you know, they do these white outs at Penn State everybody wears white or you know like uh, I don't know if they do all blue at Michigan but they do an orange out I mean the orange crush does a you know one at University of Illinois where everybody of wears orange um, but uh, they did it at the Broncos Stadium so we drove Hubert which is an orange Volkswagen van from what year 73 maybe and it's in beautiful condition it's amazing yeah, yeah. and uh, I drove that down there and I have never seen so many heads turn yeah not since I was wearing the star suit at the Bay of Bengal did I see so many heads turns. Catholic Stuff Podcast. Have you told that story before? Yeah. Oh, man. Actually, yeah, yeah I have. And an Indian uh, friend of mine, Tima uh, Syriac, oh, is yeah. like, that's not all of India. Yeah. So yeah. it's not exactly a poster Cult. of tourism right. for India. But so. it's a funny story about the, the very famous star suit, so... No, I, I want to save that that conversation about the rectory because I, that would be hey, great. Hey, we're topic. saving it. We're saving it. We're, you know, no little problem. little teaser. You want to save it for when? For future teaser. or for tonight? We can do it tonight if you want. I mean, no, we'll do what you... You know my other topic. Yeah. Last week was kind of a downer. That's why I'm a bit nervous to, you know... Well, we could do it. I mean... Spice it up a little bit. You want to do the one on the rectory? I think so. Okay. Um... All right, I guess we're going right into that. That's 10 minutes of banter. Let's do it, baby. We're rolling. He set the timer. Woo! He set the timer on his on his mail watch, um, and he uh, screwed up the whatever, like the the garage band. So, folks, if you like the banter, you're being cheating, cheated out of two minutes of banter right Cheat, now. Yep, that's right. That's right. We want to give, uh, actually, one more thing. One more thing. Go for it. Um, to uh, Mary and Daryl Neppel, who hosted... All of the parents yep. from uh, the Companions Association. And Mary Nepple was worried that not everyone was going to fit. And it was an incredible afternoon. Yep. The only problem, and I, I mean this in all charity, I had the worst meat sweats <laughs> taking my parents to the airport. I mean, I believe it. Seven crock pots or something like that? Seven crock pots. Greg Peterson's mom made pot roast. Brian Larkin's mom, Teresa Larkin, made crack chicken, which emphasis on the word crack because it was super good. Uh, and then Brady's dad made pulled pork, pulled pork. And then Joanne Book made ranch chicken. Lejoie's sloppy joes. Oh, Lejoie with uh, fried onions. I'd never thought about that. <laughs> and so, I, I mean, and of course, I'm in front of all of these loving mothers. And so they want you to take some of their thing. So you feel bad. So I had seven meats ringing an inside of your mom's cheesy potatoes. Which are my favorite. And uh, uh, Brady Wagner's mom's. No, it was Brady Wagner's dad's. Steve Wagner's potato salad. Yeah, it was all good. It was meat sweat central. We had so much food. So it was the 11 companion priests minus... Our two boys who are in Germany right now, Father Mike and Father Daniel. But all the parents were there. 
Except Olaf. Except Olaf's parents. Olaf's right. parents couldn't make it, and Olaf wasn't there. So, wasn't he was a Roman companions. There you trip. go. Ah, uh, yes. So it was. Uh, it was a great uh, little afternoon pranzo. Great to have all the parents together. Yeah, that's it's the best. Not to mention that mom and dad, my my parents, brought uh, prosciutto, soppressata, and uh, capicola or something I like that. I forgot what it was. Yeah, it was. I, I mean, I we had so much meat. It was bad. Like I was like in pain. I didn't know the meat sweats set in so quick though. I thought it was usually later. I was, it was pretty bad. (laughs) I kind of waddled my parents to the security gate and then like made a beeline for the the closest band. I wonder if playing bags kind of affected the, uh, you know, get the blood going. Don't get me started on that. I know. Sorry, sore subject. A lot of hooting and hollering. Brian and Ed Larkin and Ed Larkin is Brian Larkin's dad. Father Brian Larkin's dad is now codenamed Viper because he would just like he would throw it like three feet away from the board and it was like not even close. And then he would throw in like two ringers like you throw it right in the center of the board. And I'm like, you're a Viper. You've had a rough summer of lawn games because I think you got pistol whipped playing. Um, we were playing. Uh, what do you call it? Euchre? No, not Euchre. I'm talking about out Mike's place with Mike's parents. Croquet. We won. I don't remember that, no. Yep. Andrea and I won because yeah. you guys lost. Yeah. Remember, you guys won the game, and then Mike said, oh, wait, you turn into a zombie, and you have to hit everybody. Mike was making up rules and as then, you go. And uh, then you guys lost. Well, Mike, you know, it's his house, so he gets to make up the rules That's as, he, true. as he goes. So. No, okay. Mm, we got to do mine. Because they're related, they're related to the they're related to the shoutouts. All right, let's do it. All right, so shut up, stop talking. Let's not do this on on air. <laughs> on to my. You're sec- in the power position. On to right? my second drink. He's in the. He's, he's already in the power position. Have we talked about the power position? I'm not eating a bowl of pudding off of my like. Our friend's dad. Uh, remain nameless. Yes, was. Uh, We've already said his name. Seated, <laughs> seated on the couch, in his in his tidy whiteies eating a bowl of pudding when his son walked in the door with his friend, Max. And uh, yep. he says, hey, this is my friend. I awkwardly, this is my friend, Max. And he goes, hey, Max, you want some pudding? <laughs> in the power position, which is basically legs up, sprawled across, head on the arm. I don't, I need like an, I need an ottoman or something. I know. Okay, so yeah, you want to do your topic. Yeah, you got to do my topic. We'll so- come back to Companions Architecture. Visionary architecture. Visionary. Yeah. I like that. I like that architect all the more. Catholic stuff podcast. Um, okay, so uh, Father John has been here for the last couple months. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. Um, and uh, there have been only a few times that we've actually been able to celebrate together. Right. And the reason is, as I told you earlier, I'm currently running the Goble Mortuary. <laughs> Um, and funeral service because this summer has been uh, incredible in terms of uh, the number of people who have passed away from our parish. Um, so Father John is usually very gracious and will take the morning mass so that I can you know celebrate the funeral instead of uh, celebrating two masses. Um, but there was a couple weeks ago where uh, I celebrated and you preached, or did you celebrate and preach? But you gave this homily, and it sparked, like, you know, sometimes you're, like, listening to the homily, but then at the same time you're thinking about what they're talking about, and then 
it starts, you know, congealing with what you've been currently thinking about. And then you're like, man, if he would have talked about this, it would have been even a better homily. Right, that's Hegelian. It's a synthesis, antithesis. True. Of Gehoben. I mean the thesis and the antithesis. Sorry. Off Gehoben. Yeah. Um, so that's what was happening. Um, so I thank you for that. But uh, do I'm you curious. Me- I don't know what you're talking about. You don't remember that homily? So you were talking about how um, uh, if you don't need a savior, if you don't believe you need a savior, then you're you're not really Christian because... Christianity is predicated on the need for to be saved from something. Right. Um, so, whether it's sin or guilt or longing, which you know we've kind of done those topics before, um, or death, you need someone to save you from that. And if you don't actually think those are problems, then the proposal of Christianity which satisfies the deepest longings of many desire, like every human desire, um, doesn't mean anything because you're like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I, I don't really need any of those things. So the reality of, of need, I think in our culture, um, is something that we quickly eliminate. We, we jump to the easiest solution. And I'm still not on board, but it's very tempting to become an Amazon Prime member. Uh, you are an Amazon Prime member. I am not. I know, but you know someone who has an Amazon Prime account. Let's keep this confidential. Thank I you. am. <laughs> I am. So then all of a sudden, like, you know, six packs of, you know, Old Spice deodorant will show up in Matterhorn. my office. Yeah, the Matterhorn. Is that what you ordered? Yeah. Because it was the Matterhorn? Absolutely. Wow. I don't think they make it anymore, actually, but... The one that I'm currently rocking is Old Spice Kraken Guard. <laughs> like, there's not like Axe. I do not like Axe. Any of you podcast listeners who wear Axe need to watch those commercials and say, do I really want to support a company that is so trashy? Even if their scents smell really amazing. So that's the Kraken? What's the name of it? It's called Kraken Guard. Kraken. It's a, yeah, it's the Kraken. It's a, it's a big octopus, like crushing a ship. And I'm like, sweet. That is sweet. Plus, side note, small, um, I can't wear antiperspirant. <laughs> I can't. I've given up. I can't wear antiperspirant. If I shut off one valve of sweat <laughs> release, it only comes out in other areas. And there's no way that I can wear antiperspirant on every single orifice that sweats. <laughs> so, the you know what happens? The freaking... The freaking mullet, the beaver tail, goes crazy, and I'll sweat like a banshee for like two hours, waiting until this like schmear comes off of my arms. So I've I've given up. I'm going straight deodorant. I'm going straight deodorant. There's nothing I can do. Oh my gosh. Do you wear any perspirant? No, I don't like it either. I you can't even buy deodorant in Europe. They just like it. It just doesn't exist in Italy. You can't find it. So we got to ship it in with Amazon Prime. So, but no antiperspirant is too okay. intense. Well, I don't know if other guys are having this issue, but ladies, I mean, I know that you have like the secret or the degree or whatever else, but like, where are you sweating? Like, well, this, they I don't mean, have meat sweats every they afternoon. They don't sweat, they glow, but I'm just saying right. like, when you shut off like the, the output, it's got to go somewhere. 
Anyways, so I'm not an Amazon Prime member. Amazon Prime sounds really good because I want everything instantly or as close as possible. Now, with uh, Amazon purchasing Whole Foods, uh, they're going to create these places where uh, if you order something, you could get it within like less than 24 hours. That's crazy. Like they'll just have a locker and it's like, um, I need like milk and eggs and, you know, antiperspirant. And then they'll put it in a locker and then you'll walk up, you know, and then unlock your locker with your code. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's my stuff. It's crazy. I'm doing the crazy man. Remember that? My buddy from El Salvador who I worked with in the parish. I wasn't totally convinced he spoke um, English, but he got by by saying, that's crazy man. Everything. That's crazy, man. Oh, that's, that's crazy. Cra- that's crazy, that's man. Crazy, man. And I thought that's exactly that's how you do it in foreign languages. But yeah, so that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Well, okay. So then, imagine a world where you no longer have to interact with persons, and all you do is express your need. I need this, and then it shows up within like you know seconds. Right. In some way, you feel like I'm in control. Right. All I need to do is figure out the right buttons to press and collect enough, you know, Bitcoin to be able to master like this product, to obtain this product. And then all of a sudden I get it. And Christianity is certainly not uh, affiliated with any kind of that like mindset. Immediate but, consumer, immediate consumerism and kind of it just gratifies immediately. Immediate gratification as well as um, supreme control. Yeah. I'm in control. I have what I need. Why Why do I need Christianity? Do you remember because, what that homily was, the context or the scripture? Or was it just one of these Nepal homilies that comes out of nowhere, has nothing to do with anything? And, no, it. I think it had something to do with the scripture. I'm, trying, I'm just trying to remember what exactly we were riffing on there, what the purpose of it was. Yeah, you were the one preaching. Yeah. I don't remember. Anyways, but uh, It'll come. Matthew 18.3, uh, and Jesus said, Amen, I say to you, unless you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Little children can't even, f- I mean, granted, some of them know how to work iPads, but it's only so that they can watch like, you know, Thomas the Tank Engine and Dragon Ball Z or something. Bob the Builder. That's Bob our, the Builder. That's our favorite at the Lynch house. Really? Yeah. Well, uh, Mike is favorite. My little brother would always watch, um, uh, well, he watched uh, Thomas the Tank Engine, um, which we watched the Ringo Starr version, as well as the George Carlin version, which is very interesting because Ringo Starr looks like a drugged out conductor, and George Carlin, at any moment, you feel like he's just going to burst into like a very raunchy comedy routine, Mm. but he never does. But it's gripping because, you know... Maybe, You're waiting for it. Maybe he would. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> so, uh, oh, unless you turn and become like little... Ch- little children don't know how to use Amazon. They probably could be programmed to do Amazon. But then they would seriously buy everything. <laughs> they would buy everything. And they would say, this will make me happy immediately. And I'm going to order this and this. If they could order like Bucky's Nuggies um, and some chocolate syrup, they would. Um, if they could order, uh, I don't know, like some, 
What do kids want? <laughs> We're out of examples. Fisher Price, uh, <laughs> Melissa and Doug, uh, puzzle packs. I'm going to order that, you know? But we do that all the time. Like, I go on Amazon and I'm like, I could get anything. I could get anything. And this is going to in some way complete me. And then I get it and it goes on a shelf and either it's read or consumed or used for a while. And then it's like, this didn't satisfy what I was really looking for. Um, so when it comes to Christianity, we are not about satisfying needs completely. There's still sort of a gap. You still have to, you still have to have need in order to be a Christian. You yeah, still need a savior. A real need though. And that might be the interesting point is to say, Kind of what oh, are the, sorry, re- the, the the previous points weren't interesting. <laughs> That's what he was saying. I'm just thinking out loud here, bro. Two extroverts. Catholic stuff podcast. Yeah. What is the, the interesting re- point is? So let me say what I have to say, which is way more interesting to myself than no. I all exactly. I was gonna, all I was going to say was there is real need, but nobody seems to care about the real need, which is yes. salvation, which is salvific, which is to say I'm locked in a in a pattern of dysfunction and sin and evil that I can't break out of and Ever. That, that I just presume that I'm okay. Everybody's nice. We live in a world where just everybody is just so nice. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and then all of a sudden we create this, all these finite needs that are just completely ridiculous. Like, I don't know, you're Bob the builder, you know, collected, video pack mm-hmm. or whatever it is. I need that. And we all do this. You know, we just get older and we refine our taste. I need that bourbon. I need that, you know, prana jacket because I'm doing this or I right. need that car because of yep. this or you know, what I mean, we just we just justify it rationally. As kids there it's just more raw, I feel like. Right. Like Father Brian Larkin talks about his uh what is it? Uh Ryan Subaru Sand- Ryan Sandberg rookie card. Right. Like he wanted the Ryan Sandberg rookie card and he told himself eventually that he had it. And then lost it. And then he realized he never had it in the first place. Like, he just convinced himself that he had it and lost it. But somehow that never satisfied his need. And so Christianity is one of these religions where, not just religion, like, it's an answer to a question that ultimately cannot be satisfied completely in this life. But the question is as important as any answer that is proposed by the world. Do you remember that line that um, that was from Walker Percy? Uh, to be... To question is... What was it? To be on the search. Be on the search is to be on to something. What was it? It was, really, it was really good, yeah. You posted it on Instagram. I'll take a look a at it. Ago. Keep talking. But I have some more amazing <laughs> points that I'd like to make <laughs> that just I think will really blow you away. Go on. I don't. I'm just making that No, up. but I mean, like when it comes to needing a savior, that means that I need to be saved from something. Mm-hmm. And that something at times like isn't really in the forefront of my mind. I'm just on the hamster wheel of I got to get through this week. Um, people are dying all over the place at St. Joan of Arc. Uh, I've got four hours of confession in the next however many days. Um so I'm concerned with all these like limited things as opposed to dealing with the 
with the reality of I will die someday and that would be it or I would live in eternal separation from all those that I love and from God but for the fact of the reality of Christ's intervention I I like I'm like oh yeah I was saved but I don't actually think about that maybe that's why Protestants revel in the reality of you know when were you saved mm-hmm. because they understand at least that you need to be saved from something sorry yeah, he found true. his he found his quote i found my quote this quote was longer than 3 words so nobody actually read it on instagram they just kept thumbing through here we go what was the picture of uh some sweet mountain photo you know some sweet, so sweet bro some sweet mountain so photo. sweet the search is what anyone would undertake if he were not sunk in the everydayness of his own life. To become aware of the possibility of the search is to be on to something. Not to be on to something is to be in despair. Walker Percy. Despair. He's in despair. He's in despair. We're not going to tell that joke. Shout Are out, we? Pete Mikaitis. Love you. The um. Yeah, you need to be on to something. And on to something other than oh my gosh, did you just find this new Netflix series? Or did you just find like this uh, new recipe? Or um, I found a way to shave belly fat. Literally, <laughs> I'm shaving my belly fat. We're doing a lot of like biological personal details today. Catholic stuff podcast. I like what you said about the questions are just as important as the answers because the everydayness of human life, which is what kind of buries, I think are most people's lives and it's the temptation just to kind of get lost in these kind of tiny details that's what runs us into the consumerism where we just kind of the subtle despair of not looking not searching not living for the deeper things it's just like well let's just buy a bunch of cool stuff you know yeah if you don't have something transcendent it's just like let's find something to get really into you know Mm -hmm. and even have a lot of it it was pez dispensers for Mr. Debus, my vice principal in elementary school, he had just a whole office full of Pez dispensers. I used to collect Pez dispensers. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then I got to a point where I had two shoe box full, two shoe boxes full, and I lined them all up. Like on, I had two shelves in my room, and I lined them all up. But then every once in a while, I would slam my door, and then they would all like <laughs> knock over, like, you know, one of those Rube Goldberg machines. And, uh, and I was like, why in the heck am I, am I seriously going to collect Pez dispensers for the rest of my life? Is this going to become my thing? Yeah. You know, my thing, my thing, you got to get your thing. Yeah. And I was like, I can't, I can't keep up. Like I spent, I spent $14 on a Pez dispenser at, uh, this like antique shop, but it was like an old school Batman Pez dispenser. Which was super cool because, like, the newer Batman Pez dispensers had longer kind of like points. Like, remember Batman Forever had like the little the little pointers on his this little mask. <laughs> his cowl um, had like longer, like whatever. Is that the, on the crown of his head, maybe? Yes. Yeah. Anyways, but then the old school Batman had smaller ones. Huh. He looked like a little kitty cat. <laughs> And I bought it because I was like, this thing's going to be worth a lot of money someday. And then I bought it and I was like, this is it. This is what I'm going to spend my 14 bucks on. And that was, that. it, it did never brought me happiness. Never. 
we seem to bring the consumer mentality into religion. I really, coming back to the United States and kind of reflecting on America, I think I've talked about this this summer, but reflecting on American spirituality, it's very consumeristic. That's a great temptation for us. This makes my life better. I get something from this. Mm-hmm. I go to Mass on Sundays. I get the magic cookie of communion, and then I go to heaven automatically. And I just had a beer tonight with Bruce uh, and Lindsay Hall. And Lindsay is one of my favorite Protestants because she's fiery and very intellectual and keeps me on my toes. And that's her big critique is like, I look at all these Catholics and it's just like, it's just this mm. kind of consumer thing. I pay my dues. I'm part of the club. I automatically go to heaven. And I was like, you're right. That is a lot of people. And it's hard to break people out of that mentality. Now the, ex- did you hear the loon clock out there? Wow, from Ooh, that, that was like a away. subtle, that is haunting. Maybe they would pick it up. I was laying in bed last night and that thing fired off. Does it go all night? No, you just left the light on. Ah, there we go. Okay, good to know. Um, So the point of it was, you know, about the absolute need for salvation and the need for that intimate personal relationship with Christ. Now, I I kind of popped her back on a couple other things, but uh, it was a fantastic conversation. and, uh, um, And what it reminded me of was to say, yeah, Protestantism comes out of a time when in the church we were not taking seriously redemption and and individual salvation and just the questions of justification that come out of St. Paul. So Luther takes that and makes that the center and, and Calvin as well. They make that the center of everything. And that becomes the center and the, the foundation of kind of modern Christian life. It's individual salvation. So it gets excessive and, and a whole system is kind of built around it. But the point is to say that it, if it wouldn't have been kind of buried a bit, I think that uh, you know it wouldn't have been so blown out of proportion, so to speak. So, I think we would actually be rich in the things that matter because now we're filling our hearts and our homes and our, I don't know, our Instagram pages with, with things that don't ultimately satisfy. How many times have you seen somebody Instagram a picture of their food? Okay, it was a really good meal. I made dinner tonight for Father John. I was super excited because I did a little Iron Chef. I could only use the ingredients that were in the the, uh, cabinets, on the shelves. And I made a really good meal. If you would have taken a picture of it, it would have been nice. You know, Instagram that. Somebody made me a nice meal, whatever. At some point, that meal doesn't satisfy. It was nice for a time, but you're going to be hungry like... Four hours later, five hours later. But why is it we keep thinking it will satisfy? Because I'm like, if I just buy that next thing from Patagonia, then I'm going to be happy. Then it's going to be, I, I've reached something of the of the nirvana of, I have everything that I need. But everything that I need is always, it's always one more thing. Yeah. Because that's all that the world can give. All the world can give is... Uh, it's it's falling away like it's dying but it can propose all these things to kind of keep you from uh from acknowledging that it's dying and then you don't focus on that which truly satisfies right Um, and we're coming coming full circle back to what you were saying at the beginning is you're running a mortuary here people are dying all the time and uh that is true but uh when you're in the when you realize your mortality you realize the kind of the the kind of nothingness of of all these little things, you know. Am I going to remember that in 50 years when the, the, I bought that Patagonia down sweater and that was like it. That 
made me feel really good because I had a terrible week or whatever. You know what I mean? It's not. You don't think like that. But when you're young and you yeah. think those immediate goods, those immediate loves, those little things, this is what will satisfy the heart. And they just they they strip us of, of the deeper capacity to love. God, am I ever going to do a podcast without saying the word capacity? Nice. Capacity. Capacité. Is that the French? I don't even Capacité. know. Capacité. Yeah, but it's not just the products. It's not just the the technological advances that we want. It's also the experiences. You know, I want to do the cinnamon challenge. If I just do the cinnamon, cinnamon challenge once and get through it, I will have conquered everything. Right. I will. I, I could climb this mountain or I could... Uh, you know, talk to this person like yesterday. Okay, no big deal. But as I said, I got on field passes to the Broncos game. At some point, I'm right next to Gus Bradley, who is the uh, defensive coordinator for the San Diego Chargers or Los Angeles Chargers. Sorry, Andrew. Um, I'm right next to Goldberg and I'm right next to. Uh, uh, Chris Harris Jr., who's one of the cornerbacks. That's for, crazy, for the, man. That's crazy, man. Okay. The person I was most interested to talk to was right next to me. Goldberg. Luke. Luke Spa, who is this guy that I'm getting to know from my parish, and he looks like O'Doyle oh, from yeah. uh, from uh, <laughs> Billy, <laughs> Billy Madison. Madison. He's got red hair and a red beard. I love him. He's super phlegmatic, and he's just... He's kind of chill. And I'm more interested to talk to him than I am all these other. But a lot of people are just living for the experience of, I just took that photo. I just talked to that person. Like, I just experienced, like, I touched the grass on the the 50-yard line or the goal line of, you know, the Broncos stadium. It's just like, who cares? You are made for eternity. And God saved you so that you could actually live for that. And he brought you into communion with himself so that you could actually be brought into communion with other persons. Then you can actually experience those things as really cool. Like, oh my gosh, that's Goldberg. But not like, that was the greatest thing ever. Even though like a few months ago, I was watching this YouTube video of, uh, of John Cena surprising his like biggest fans. And the look on their face was like so cool. Yeah. Because then John Cena would like pop out of the, you know, like the, he'd run through one of those, you know, paper, like, you know, cutouts of himself. And then he'd be like, dun, 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 dun. and then they're like, it's John Cena. And I'm like, John Cena's really cool. Wouldn't it be amazing to meet Jesus who actually saved you from sin and death forever? And you could meet him tonight at this Steubenville conference? Boo! Yep. You know? Yep. But I just, I mean, for me, I'm like, I walk by my chapel all the time and I yeah. make my partial genuflection and right. go on to, oh yeah, time to watch that YouTube video. Right. I think the photo thing is interesting uh, in light of what you're saying about grasping for experience. It's not about the things, it's about the experience or the image, you know? This Patagonia coat's going to look sweet on me when I'm climbing that mountain and somebody gets that sweet photo of me and puts it on Instagram. That's what's, I think, going through our heads. At least That's what he's my thinking. head. That's not going through your As head. As I told you before, 
Patagonia usually looks like maternity wear on me. <laughs> but Walker Percy, I was reading his essays. He's got this great book of essays called Message in a Bottle, which we did a podcast on, thanks to Father Nick Blaha, Global's number one crush in this life. He uh, And he has a real quick comment that struck me where he says, when you take a photo of something, you strip yourself of the present. Hmm. And you lose yourself either in the past or the future. So I take, I'm on top of a mountain and I'm like, this is going to be epic. I got to take a photo of this. Snap. I just lost the present moment and I relegated it to the future. I'm going to post this thing on Instagram and to the past where I'm going to look back at this. But I mean, do I look at the photos from my trip with Tim Poquette, shout out Tim Poquette, to uh, Peru in 2003? I don't. And in fact, they're on a hard drive upstairs that some Italian Hanyak put into the wrong computer and destroyed the thing, and I can't access it. All of my all of my photos up until six months ago Ooh. are on this hard drive, and I don't know what to do. And I asked Lauren Glagowitz, I said, what do I do? She makes these things, and she was absolutely no help. So I'm like, but do I miss that every day? I'm like, I just want to be looking at photos from oh. that trip. I'm like, I look horrible. I look really dumb in most photos. Why am I doing that? But it's about grasping getting something yeah. possessing the moment instead of uh getting it one last comment on this my brother-in-law my sister is the ultimate um criminal of this when it comes to taking photos she snaps everything's and my brother-in-law says katie just just midi this he says just midi this babe midi walter midi oh, Do you remember yeah. that scene at the end of the yeah, at, right. uh where sean penn's character uh-huh. lets the leopard the snow leopard just pass through because he wants to just experience it and so he says to her just midi this you know I right. thought that was pretty clever. Well, that Just, happened to me. That happened to me in... Uh, I was laying in bed, sweating, you know, full circle. Meat folks. sweats. Not Antiperspirant. Meat, not meat sweats. I'm in India. Oh. It's the night before we leave the country. I'm so thankful. I have sweat and uh, barfed and consumed things... And saw things and experienced things. And it was it was really difficult. And I was just like, all I want is I want uh, just a normal day. I just want a normal day that's familiar to me where I'm not out of my comfort zone, all those things. So I'm laying in bed looking at my pictures that I had taken on the last day at the Home for the Dying um, in, in India, in Caligat. And uh, I'm looking at my pictures, and all of a sudden, I, I somehow stumble upon a menu screen. I press some wrong button. I was, like, you know, editing them, like, back in the day when you edited on your camera instead of on your phone. And uh, I navigated to the screen that said Format Drive. And I I knew I was on the wrong screen, and it looked really intimidating. So I was like, I need to get out of here but I don't know how to get out of here. So I kind of looked at it for a second, and then I just, like, I thought I pressed the back button, but I actually pressed OK. And what that did was format drive means... Wiped it. Wipe everything. So I have a hard drive of every single picture that I'd taken of all the people that really meant a lot to me um, in, you know, Caligat and the sisters and my fellow... um, you know, uh, people on that mission trip and it wiped it immediately. And I knew that it had wiped it. And I heard a voice that said to me, you will come back. 
that was it. Hmm. That was that was Mother Teresa saying to me, like, you will come back. And for me, that was extremely painful. Like, I was really upset at myself because I was kind of the camera guy for a couple people that, like, you know, Eesh. like, were yeah. wanting me to take pictures of them doing stuff. But it was also, like, what you experienced was valuable, and it satisfied you for a time, and at some point you will come back and experience it again. But you can't hold on to what you experienced before. Um, you got to keep moving. So, um, yeah, that was an embarrassing moment uh, in that bed. And um, I don't even know where. Outside of Delhi, maybe. I was so out of it. We called <laughs> we called Montezuma's Revenge the return of Jafar in, in <laughs> India. And so I was probably like dehydrated or whatever else. But um I, I think that's I think that's it. We have to live in the tension of I will never completely be satisfied in this life. Um, and yet the satisfaction that I'm looking for has already been obtained for me. Jesus has already uh, liberated me from sin and death, isolation, alienation, all of these things. And yet he will not allow me to experience that perfectly until I'm in heaven. That's it. Is it? I got a question for you as we conclude this podcast. Hang on a second. <clears throat> Meat sweats. You bring meaning to my life. You're my inspiration. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Jesus, you bring meaning to my life. You're my inspiration. Oh, that is so lame. Um, what are you going to name this podcast? Amazon Culture. Amazon Culture. What? That's good. I'm just curious. <laughs> we've been, we've covered a lot of terrain tonight. We'll just say that. Covered a lot of terrain. Covered a lot of terrain. You're much more engaged than you were last week. Folks, um, anyone who's uh, listening to this, currently dealing with the frustration and devastating effects of Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Irma, God bless you. God bless you right now. And, um, I, I don't want you to think that we are not uh, in any way considering what you're going through as we're sitting in the Dungeons and Dragons room, drinking our bourbon, having a good time. That is true. He feels bad about the comment he made last week. Oh. True. Yeah. It's true. We've been praying praying hard for Deacon Hugh was after us about praying and, and supporting uh, the uh, hurricane victims, and we're really grateful for those of you that we heard from uh, on the podcast. And yep. So thanks for... Reaching out. But I'm going to call it Amazon Culture, John. That's a great question. <laughs> All right, let's go to shout-outs. Should we start with the big dog? Sure. Get that little bottle okay. next to you. Now, you hang ready? on a second. I want to frame this. Oh, well. The reason why we had to do um, the reason why we had to do this topic instead of architecture was because although I'm doing Amazon Culture, I do want to say this. By supporting certain businesses you're supporting certain persons right buying your old spice from amazon does not help habib who's working at the local grocery store trying to make a living right okay but there are certain things that you can only get online because right. he doesn't have a store so certain people who are on the internet need to become faces that we support right or could support so, and we'd the, like to recommend this bearded face. For exactly. Your support. 
I want to support this bearded face. Which is called? The Bearded Savant. The Bearded Savant. Peter Polito. Father Nathan Goebel just did this entire podcast about very strange things in honor of you. Let me read the letter from our friend, Father Peter. Father Peter. He is a father. Peter Polito. Andrea's brother. Um, This is what he said. Dear Fathers Mike, Michael, Nathan, and John, and all the companions, let me help live handsome. I'm sending you beard oil, balm, and solid cologne. The beard oil is best used right out of the shower and applied to the skin beneath your beard. The balm, marked BB, is a leave-in conditioner. It should be massaged into the skin and with the excess wiped on the surface of the beard. Okay, this is way too much content, but he says, love the podcast. He does love the podcast, but in fact, he's just sending this to us, so we support his business. That's not true. Okay, so right now, Father Nathan is putting on himself Lion's Mane. Lion's Mane. Lion's mane. Sorry, I misread it. Lion's mane. You maim a lion. <laughs> a lion has a That mane. beard is a lion's mane. Lion's mane. M-A-N-E. Cool mint with a wisp of black pepper. Oh, yeah. This is one of the many bearded savant. Is it a... What is it? A gel? It's not a gel. What is no, it? So beard oil... Beard oil. oil. Beard oil goes on directly under the skin. It I have prevent- a beard. You have a chick beard. <laughs> you can have a little, just a little chickadee beard. So sometimes people get get a little chafing. He's got one. Beard. He's got one called the Alpinist that we really like. This is such a funny way to end a podcast yeah. on the evils of consumerism. Yes, yes. Grease yourself I in can front s- of me. I can smell the black. <laughs> Stop. You're done. You're done. Kill that monkey. This, this smells amazing. It really does. Okay. So uh, there's also another company that hasn't sent us a free sample, but I do support them because I have at least three uh, tins of their beard balm. So um, uh, Catholic balm, Catholic beard balm, uh, they have one called Orthodoxy, the Franciscan, which I don't like, uh, but it's still pretty good, Uh, Orthodoxy and Chrism. Uh, they also have one called Lexio. Does it really smell like chrism? It smells exactly like chrism. That's pretty cool. And it's amazing. Oh, man, there's kind of a menthol feel. All right, shout outs. You ready? So hang on. So uh, so Peter Polito has this company called The Bearded Savant. Catholic guy trying to support his family. Check it out. Um, he's doing great work. He's got some good smells. Sticking it to Amazon. Sticking it to Amazon. You cannot. He's not going to create a bin where you can go and get this every in two hours this feels amazing it does it's smelling pretty good in here right now so you bring meaning to my life (laughs) okay you're done next man crush dear catholic stuff fathers oh no okay folks that should that should that should should give you a little deja vu i'm not gonna read it like i did last time hello again i hope all's well and everyone is having a great summer I was on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail recently and completely forgot to thank all of you guys. Instead, please enjoy this Henry McKenna bourbon and per Father Mike's request, a, quote, not fancy Reposado tequila. My oh, yeah. request is for a few shout-outs for some uh, big fans of yours. Kyle Dutour, John Hamlet, and my boy, John, or excuse me, and my boy, Tom <laughs> Dixon, a.k.a. Herbs. Uh, Tom just got married. Please pray for his wife. God bless. 
Patrick J. Carter. Patrick J. Carter, I'm going to salute you. <laughs> Roman Stop. Kid. He does not like that. that. We've talked about this. We've talked about this. He doesn't talk like that. Next man crush. Shout out to Blake Fosdick. Another, you did it! Yes, we did it. Oh, yeah. Blake and Mara, great to see you this weekend. This is like one of the most delightful couples you've ever true. come across. They're just so wonderful to talk to. And the fact that Blake actually listens to this podcast is amazing. So Okay. Blake um, is a really beautiful man. In terms of content, like, this is right up his alley, okay? That's true. Let's just put it that way. Um, But uh, they have five children, and I have absolutely no idea how they look like they do. They still look like they stepped off a GQ calendar. That is true. Both of them. Also from Saturday night at the wedding reception, I walked across the uh, reception hall, and I saw Father Nathan Goble holding court about eight women around this table, and one of which was the very lovely Jen Lozier. Oh, yeah. And she's up in the Pacific Northwest. Remember yes. that Seinfeld episode? Kramer, where'd you learn to climb like that? Pacific Northwest. So hopefully she's learning to climb. You don't remember that one. You're just nope. rubbing your beard. Nope. But she's got some guys up there. Oh, Father yeah. Luke, or excuse me, Father Colin, Thuk, T-H-U-C, and Charlie. Those are her boys. So shout out to them. Thanks for listening to the yeah, podcast. Father. Thanks for holding the holding down the fort up there in uh, in Washington. So we love you guys. Jen, we miss you a lot. And it's great to see you this weekend. What was the name of the priest that she said is in their CL community? Father Colin. Oh, Colin Parrish. Yeah. yeah. Father Colin Parrish. So yeah. I owe you a phone call. It's on my things list of things to do. I'll talk to you in a year and a half. <laughs> All right, one more, and let's wrap it up, because we're getting towards an hour here. Two more. Okay, here we go. Uh, Greetings, Father Nathan. Only to Father Nathan. Thank you. (laughs) This is Andy and Katie Malley uh, Niemerg. So Katie Malley and Andy Niemerg, but they're married now, so Andy and Katie Niemerg, writing from Bishop Creek, Illinois. We went to the local IGA. Nope. You've never heard of IGA? No. You, you're under the clock here, pal. Let's go. Their song. Hey. I-G-A. Anyways, uh, that was their little, like, promo. Went to Sounds the local, strangely familiar to the podcast. We went to Jingle the local you. IGA for something and saw this watermelon chew. So we got all they had, which was two packages. Uh, thank you for the podcast. We love it. Peace and blessings. Andy and Kenny Niemer, which, shout out, if you're ever in central Illinois, my guess is they are related to the Niemergs that own Niemergs in Effingham. Effingham. Effingham, um, Illinois. And I've never been there. I've never been to Niemergs. And I've heard about past, it for years. Past the Effingham, as you said. Past the Effingham. <laughs> um, so. All right, here we go. To them. Last shout out. You're Jesus. not gonna read. You're not gonna read this whole thing. Yes, I am. No. Jesus is born, December twenty first, two thousand sixteen. So I, I currently am in possession of what Father John calls a shoot shelf, except relate, replace the whatever shoot with the I, and I have a shoot shelf, and on the shoot shelf things stay there and don't move. And one of the things that stayed there and didn't move was a letter that I got December 21st, 2016 uh, from this person. So I marked two points that I'm going to read. Dear fathers from the podcast, in the past three months, I have listened to six years of worth of podcast. Perhaps not advisable, but I did it. You guys have accompanied me to and from work, worked with me as I completed morning chores and relaxed with me in the evenings. I have laughed out loud, spoken to my radio and cried twice. I have been moved with joy and felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
Father John, you always say that the Holy Spirit, that the podcast is a mess, or the topics aren't covered well, but trust me, the Holy Spirit is working through you. Uh, she writes a beautiful letter yes. and asks for two shout-outs. Also, if I may, I'd like to request a shout-out to my very dear friend, Catherine Labish, who has been a wonderful blessing and a joy to work with, who helps remind me to daily offer it up and is the only one who understands what I mean when I said my New Year's resolution was to be more like Father Walter Chizek. I hope you enjoy this letter. I'm a big fan of snail mail and package. May you have a blessed and joyful Christmas season. With love, <laughs> Tiffany Metzger. <laughs> Tiffany Metzger from Somerset, Ohio. Um, she sent us a Christmas package that I gave you. I gave you because you weren't back until summer. So I kept it until the summer. So, like, she gave us, like, a package of nuts okay. and a Christmas ornament <laughs> and something else. And so, t- Tiffany Metzger, <laughs> thank you for your shout-out. Thank you for your request. Thank you, Tiffany. And as we're... God cl- bless you. Somerset, Ohio. Ohio <laughs> Catholic Stuff Podcast. No, no, hold on a second. I just want to say one last thing. Uh, three hours ago, Father Michael Lachlan put on... <laughs> you need to get it under control right now. He, he put out a thing on what is your favorite podcast ever of the 300 and I would just like to say that all of you who responded were grateful but I'm not grateful for those of you who put quiz show as your favorite you're, yes. dead, you're dead to me you're, and that's all I want to say and I have this a, is like the anti shout out you all of you are dead I have to a me. quiz show on the docket for the upcoming weeks Catholic stuff podcast at gmail.com like us on Facebook check out Catholic uh, stuff you should know dot com like us on Facebook that's it Catholic stuff you should know at gmail.com. Thanks and for I listening. will salute you with a Roman can. <laughs>